Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Hello, welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on another Thursday night for me and whatever night or day it is for you. And uh, I want to welcome you here to Let This Mind Be In You where we just go through the Word of God and endeavor to know nothing else other than Christ crucified and have this mind of Christ. We already know we have the mind of Christ, so let this mind, allow this mind to be in you. We're back here in the book of Acts tonight. We'll be studying through Acts chapter 19, so you can go ahead and turn your Bibles there as I go through my obligatory, hey, why don't you share and like this channel? Uh, why don't you share the page, uh, let this mind be in you on YouTube, or let this mind be in you uh, on Facebook. You can always watch any of the videos. They're all archived there, and go back and watch all those. And uh, all the podcasts, if you want to listen to the audio version of all these broadcasts, you can listen to that on Let This Mind Be In You podcast, just about anywhere you want to find your podcast uh, or whatever platform you like to use. Um one of the main ones, if you're like on a home computer where I stream, basically where I take and, put and upload my stuff to and they push out to all these other ones, is podcast. I want to mention that. That's who carries uh, my RSS feed, which feeds all these other uh, entities. But that's where you can find it. And there's no issues on any of the audio on any of those. And that's at Let This Mind Be In You on podcast.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Also, you can write me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com at any time, and I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. I always uh, look forward to uh, questions and uh, comments and uh, people's concerns or things they want to just talk about or even words of encouragement. Always appreciate those. Um, I get enough, um, you know, grief. <laughs> I'd rather, you know, it's nice to get a little bit of encouragement every once in a while. And thank you to those that send me encouraging words. Uh, Brother Dave Wilson uh, texted me just tonight and uh, was uh, encouraging to me, you know, just seeing how I was doing and, you know, what all's going on. So I appreciate that, Brother Dave. Thanks for uh, you and Sister Susie for watching all the time and uh, supporting me in that way with your prayers and by watching and learning and growing with me. And uh, that's what we try to do here. Okay, let's go to Acts chapter 19. I, there's a lot to cover in this as far as a lot of verses in chapter 19. A lot of it's just accounting some things. You know, we're not going to really, you know, belabor anything. If it's just the account, we're going to read through that together just to kind of, it's very fascinating to see what Paul was going through in some of these, uh, uh, in the first century and some of these uh, Gentile nations and but mostly getting persecuted by the Jews and we'll see all that uh, tonight. Uh, also, a, I I consider it a humorous situation. Some people, you know, like oh that's you know, you know how terrible. But 
I kind of think it's humorous, and you'll see when we get to it in Acts chapter 19 here. So let's get started here. Verse number one, it says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth. Remember, we talked about Apollos quite a bit last week. Go back and watch uh, Acts chapter 18 uh, that just was filmed last week, and if you want to go and catch up. But it says, and it came to pass while Apollos was at Corinth. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, now understand this, these are believers, but let's see what they believed, okay? They were, was it Paul's gospel, which he said that he was brought uh, to give to you word, uh, or is it something else? Is it Peter? Is it, is, do, are they following the doctrines of the uh, Peter and the kingdom group there in Jerusalem that are now started going throughout the entire world, preaching the gospel of the kingdom? Or is it something else? Let's look. He said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? He says, okay, you're believers. Have ye received the Holy Ghost? And their response, and they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. They had no clue what he was talking about. Um, you know, there, there's indications of the Godhead in the Old Testament uh, and so forth and so on. But as far as the, you know, place my spirit upon him, uh, I believe that's in the book of Isaiah. Uh, there's the spirit of God. Uh, there's many different kinds of things. But then when Paul mentions the Holy Ghost, which is the sealing, the, uh, the indwelling Holy Spirit, they had not heard as much whether there be any such thing, you know, as the Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized? Okay, you're you you're baptized. You you said you're you're believers. What 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 did you follow then? And they said unto John's baptism. This is before Jesus was even on the scene. John was preparing the way of the Lord, saying, you know, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He was the 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 uh, the one that went before him, as prophesied in Scripture. And so they had, at some point, been around the Jordan River and been around this guy in camel hair and eating locusts and honey out in the wilderness, and they believed that his message and that the kingdom was nigh and that the Messiah was near and that he, that was soon to be following, so repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. So that's what baptism they talk about. And then Paul said, or then said Paul, verse 4, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. That's interesting. Marked it down in your Bible. There's several different types of baptisms in the Bible. Here's one of them, baptism of repentance. Saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And so Paul's like, essentially, a lot of this is left out of this account, but he said, in whom I preach now However, these are believers coming in for the kingdom. And I want to just kind of just make sure that this is very well understood, that these are not ones that follow Paul and as a part of his ministry. And I want to be very clear on that because <clears throat> there's some things that happened in this. They believe the kingdom was at hand. They believed in that and they were baptized with that repentance, baptism of repentance that they were believing that Jesus, or the, they didn't know his name, but the Messiah was coming. So then when they heard this, verse number five, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They believed that the Messiah had come, died, 
buried and rose again and is going to come again and set up his kingdom one day. This is what they were looking forward to. We, as body of Christ, uh, you know, following Paul, these, these, uh, you know, the dispensation of, of grace, the, the fellowship of the mystery, whatever you want to call it, grace, age, this dispensation of grace that was brought to us by Paul. They believed, though, in the same Jesus, because all, I, I, all are in Christ. No one comes in the Father but by him, no matter what dispensation. And I could, I've talked about that quite exclusively or extensively here on this channel. But they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is why Paul baptized them, is because they were part of the believing group, remnant Israel, the little flock, but had not heard the message. See, Paul was very versed in all this because it's the same Jesus. It's the same death, burial, and resurrection. It just happens to be what group you're part of. Peter and that group went preaching the kingdom had come or had been offered and been rejected. These were believers before that message was preached. These were believers that, that the kingdom was going to come. They didn't have a chance to reject that's why when they believe they are baptized so they can be a part of this nation of priests in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Okay, look at some other differences here as well. In verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied, which are sign gifts from Jewish kingdom believers. A sign, the Jews require a sign. Those that would be coming around that would be believing in this kingdom. They already believed in the kingdom. Paul wasn't bringing them the kingdom of heaven, this physical earthly uh, kingdom. That's not what he was offering, but he was versed in it because it still revolves around one savior, only one way of salvation. All have to come through Christ. All are in Christ once they, they put their belief in him, whether he was a coming would eventually come. These are the these are these disciples that believed in the baptism of John and had followed early, early on, but hadn't heard that Jesus had come. They didn't, you know, they weren't at the Jordan River. They had maybe went back to Ephesus by that point, but they had been believing Jews. They had been around. They heard this man preaching in the wilderness, and they believed his message and were baptized in the River Jordan with his baptism of repentance. So when Paul brings before them, just like Apollos and how, uh, excuse me, go back to uh, chapter 18, how that um, the Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him in and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Hey, this is the more revelation has come because Apollos was the same believer in John's baptism as well. We saw that back in verse 25 of chapter 18. Apollos was. These 12 men are the same type of group. So when you talk about what kingdom are they going to be you know, inheriting, it's the kingdom of heaven, the physical earth. They will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years, and then they will rule on this new earth when the new heavens and new earth are created. The reason why I know these are not the same group as us is because we have a heavenly home. Now, some people have arguments of whether or not New Jerusalem is that heaven, but I believe that it is. 
I believe that it lights the new earth. It's not on the new earth. And I've talked about that in the millennial reign series and, um, and some of other times. But that is our inheritance. And these men right here, these 12, are going to be a part of that group in the millennial reign, which has a millennial temple, and they need millennial priests, and these men will be a part of that. And they have to be baptized into that. They were already baptized with water before, but now they're baptized as priests. Ritualistic cleansing, showing of outward signs of prophesying and speaking in tongues, and they would go forth from this point on, I believe, preaching the gospel that the kingdom had come and been rejected repent so he can come back it's not a part of paul's group now if there's some disagreement with that understood we can talk about that write me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com but every since more and more that i i've studied prophecy and the the distinctions between prophecy and mystery which was not known since the foundations of the world, but was revealed through the Apostle Paul, as opposed to prophecy, which was known since the beginning of the world and had been prophesied about. Excuse me. Those are the differences. The more I study about that, the more I come to the realization that when I come across problematic, quote on air quotes, problematic verses like this and like, well, I thought these were already believers. Why are they getting baptized again? And what, what is going on here? You know, to rightly divide is to put things in their proper context. These men are already believers in messianic kingdom to come. They didn't know that Jesus had come. Paul says and expounds to them a way more perfectly. Jesus did come and they're baptized. He lays hands on them, which is fascinating because <clears throat> a lot of of people during this early portion, even all the way into Acts 19, are getting the Holy Ghost by getting hands put on them. But you don't see that later on. Because this dispensation of sign gifts are going to pause. That which is perfect has come. Those things will finally cease one day. But the kingdom waned. I apologize. I, I've been um, not feeling all that great the past couple of days, but the point is, is that the kingdom was offered. Kingdom is to come with John the Baptist. Kingdom came, was rejected. Kingdom was offered. Hey, you, if you repent of this and you follow after Christ, you believe that Jesus is who he said he was, he will come again. Stephen said the same thing, Peter and all that group. But then that ministry just started falling and waning. Paul was helping even with that ministry early on. As far as he would come across Jews, he would be in synagogues teaching that Jesus had come. And I believe if those people were to believe, which a lot of them did, they would be, you know, things that are problematic for stuff and like, well, Christ sent me not to baptize. Well, that's because Paul was sent with a different message. But it's not like he wasn't versed in the other message. He was a believer. He was a Jew of Jews. He understood that. But that's not what the ministry he had been called into. He had been given a dispensation, the this mystery. And then he was coming around and say, you know, to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery, this unknown thing. Well, verse 7, get back into it. And all the men were about 12. 
And he, Paul, went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, some people will say, well, see there, it's not talking about the kingdom of heaven. And you may be right, but I, I would tell you that I think when he's in the synagogues disputing with these things, I think he's talking about the physical kingdom in the millennial reign. That's, you know, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God are interchangeable. They are in the gospels well before Paul's on the scene. So anyways. But when divers were hardened and believed not this, the, the diverse people that the, the people that were there that he disputed with for three months, believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. In the space of two years, all of Asia Minor had heard this message. That's incredible. That's an incredible statement right there. A lot of people living in that region, and it's not like they had the internet, like I'm talking to you right now over. <clears throat> And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, because again, he still had the authority of an apostle. He showed signs and wonders. A lot of it for us for the benefit of the Jews. We'll speak about this later on as to why Paul stopped healing after a while. Why did Paul said, I can speak with tongues too, but I, I don't anymore. You know, the, the, the sign gifts. Now I'm sure he would, if he, you know, somebody didn't know the language, he's going to witness to them. If he had this, he's obviously an apostle that has the gift. And he even said to them, you know, I speak tongues more than you all. I'm sure he knew lots of languages, known languages. But look at what this next couple of verses have to say about what Paul's doing at this point in the ministry. When the kingdom is still, still the last little bits of it is still being offered. It's not completely done away with. And like I said before, I believe that moment in history, the cutoff point is around 70 AD, give or take a, a year or two. I don't really know about the whole calendar. The Julian calendar could be off by a few years, whatever. But when the Roman legions under, I believe it was Titus, I could be wrong on that too, entered Jerusalem and burned the temple and killed every, just about everybody in Jerusalem. That was the ending point. And by saying ending point, I mean that was the pause. That dispensation was put on complete pause. We'll resume again in the seven-year uh, time period known as the time of Jacob's trouble or Daniel's 70th week. On into the millennial reign. But anyways, that dispensation is on pause. I believe... Uh, just as a little side note with these special signs and wonders and gifts and uh, the speaking of, of tongues. I believe when that which is perfect has come, it doesn't have to do with the Bible, even though I believe the Bible is perfect. Some people say, well, when that when the Bible was when finally complete, you know, most of the time people will say, you know, the of a certain uh, viewpoint will say it's the King James Bible, 1611, that which is perfect has come. That's when tongues ceased. That's not the case. I believe that those sign gifts of speaking in tongues and everything ceased around, like I said, the fall of 
Jerusalem and the pausing of that dispensation completely until the seven-year period where you see people speaking in tongues again. Signs and wonders are happening. But then that which is perfect, Jesus Christ comes to rule and reign, the curse, I believe, the curse, I believe, of the Tower of Babel is lifted. When Jesus Christ comes, that which is perfect is come. Paul says tongues will cease. There will be no more need for it because I believe, scripturally, I believe I have some grounds to stand upon, that when Jesus places his feet back on the Mount of Olives, back onto this earth for his second earthly ministry, that which is perfect has come. There's no more need for speaking other languages, tongues. At that point, the 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 curse of the 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 confusion of languages that happened back at the Tower of Babel, all the way back in Genesis, when they said we'll be as like gods, we'll know God better. You know, let's build this tower, and then he confuses their languages. When he rules and reigns. I believe there's going to be one language that's spoken. What language that is, I don't know. The language of God. Whatever Adam and Eve spoke, if in my opinion, okay, whatever language was created by our creator, doesn't matter, but that which is perfect has come, that's, those things will cease. But look at these special miracles. Let's get back into it. Verse number 12. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Literal prayer cloth, you know. You you seen the the uh, the guys on TV, you know. I'll bless this handkerchief, and I'll send it to you. This is where they get this from, but they don't have the power of the apostle. Paul does, but signs and wonders are still happening. That tells me that this dispensation has not been put on pause yet. So I I love history. I love historical context of things. But the Bible is still saying that these things are happening. Question. In Timothy, when Timothy has this stomach ache, when he has this problem that Paul says, take a little wine for thy stomach's sake, you know, and there's other times when Paul said that there was a brother that was sick and his, and his heart was heavy, that his brother was so sick, brother in Christ was so sick. And why didn't Paul send them a handkerchief? is because it's later on, and I think it's closer to the time of those things completely being put on pause, somewhere around the time of 70 AD. Brother Mike, you can't know that to be sure. No, but when I read my Bible, I know that Paul didn't heal Timothy, and that was his son in the faith. He loved Timothy. Why not heal him? Why is he telling him to take natural remedies of, you know, wine? And some people dispute whether or not that's... Uh, alcoholic wine or non-alcoholic. It was slightly alcoholic, I have to tell you. The, the, the microbes, it had started to break in, broken down, but Paul wasn't telling them to, hey, you know, go slam some you know, wine to get drunk. He said a little wine for thy stomach's sake, meaning just a little bit of like, I would say even almost like a vinegar. <clears throat> so think about that. It's pretty fermented. It's not going to get you drunk. You don't want to drink a lot of vinegar, but for thy stomach's sake, he's telling them to take, you know, like you take an apple cider vinegar. You know, it's good, you know, good gut health. 
uh, the biome. I got a sister in Christ that's around here that talks about gut health all the time. And Sister Jackie, if you're watching, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But that's why he tells them to take the that because they didn't have the, you know, the modern medicines. But my point is this is why didn't Paul just send them a handkerchief? Think about it. All right. Verse 13, then certain of the vagabond Jews, this is my favorite, my favorite part of Acts chapter 19, as far as like uh, comedic kind of a thing. And I, you know, I, I, this, this to me, I have a sense of humor. So like, I, I don't get offended, you know, by like, you know, good comedy and, and jokes and stuff like that. But it, this, I find this humorous. I'm sorry. Excuse me again. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, I love the term, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had in evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. I love <laughs> they don't they don't even believe in, you know, Jesus. They don't they're not believers in the faith and all these other kinds of things. They're just exorcists. They're trying to make money, you know. Creflo dollar dollar bills, y'all. But they're going to try to cast out these spirits here. We adjure you. Hey, we command you by uh, Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. So he's going around doing this. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? I love that. I love that verse. I play that verse in my mind and my, the picture develops of this, this person that has evil spirits upon him and these evil spirits are speaking and manifesting out of his voice, you know, and Paul, I know Jesus, I know who are you? And let's see, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story and the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, he started beating them up. And overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Wow. Okay. You know, again, just think about it. You know, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? And just starts wailing on these guys. I find it humorous. Not the fact that, that this man had an evil spirit, of course, and not the fact that these exorcists also were devil worshipers themselves and trying to make money and profit off of, you know, trying to cast out demons or whatever because they saw Paul do it. And then all this happens to him. But just the fact that the scene itself seems comical to me. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus. Everybody heard about this. They didn't have local news, but the uh, word got around fast. And fear fell on all on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. They said, wait a minute. These guys are trying to use the name of Jesus, not believing, just trying to say the one that Paul preaches. But when Paul does it, he casts these demons out. There's a change in these people. Uh, these guys, they try to do the same thing, but not using the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as they believed on, but just as some guy preaches over here and they get beat up. So the Lord Jesus was magnified in all this and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Interesting there. Many of them also which used curious arts. There was a change, in other words, 
So whether they're a part of whatever kingdom group or if they're a part of Paul and they're these Gentiles, the gospel of the uncircumcision going to them and they they believe whatever the case is, doesn't matter when Jesus enters in, when they are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Look what happens. Many of them, which also or also which use curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it in 50,000 pieces of silver. It wasn't a small matter. 50,000 pieces of silver today is a fortune. Back then was a huge fortune. But the change had been made. They were new creatures in Christ Jesus, or they were believing Jews, a part of the remnant, and they were born again. Just want to throw that in there. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. And again, going back to my last statement, all through Christ. There's no difference as far as who you come through. It's just which judgment seat you're going to be judged at. That's it. Go see my video on that. Which judgment seat are you going to stand in? Which resurrection are you going in? Which judgment seat are you standing before? And what's your eternal destination? It's under the uh, What's on My Mind series. All right. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So now it's going to change kind of... Uh, you know, shift a little bit and we're going to see a new paragraph and a new kind of events being talked about. And after these things, verse 21, Paul purposed in the spirit. And I'll just read most of this here. When he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. So when he goes back to Jerusalem, little do you know, he's, he's going to appeal to Caesar and he is going to see Rome. Um, going to get shipwrecked a couple times. He's going to be told, don't go back to Jerusalem. He's still going to do that. Lord Jesus himself appears to him. We'll get to all that later on in Acts. But for right now, verse 22, so he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus or Timothy, and Erastus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a season, does give a time how long. In the same time, there arose no small stir about that way. Here comes the next... Uh, Paul induced mob. <laughs> this happens quite a bit to the apostle uh, Paul. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. So once again, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil here. Whom he called together with the workmen of the like occupation and said, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. Hey, this goddess, air quotes, Diana, we make a lot of money making these little silver statues. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost all throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. Remember, Paul had already talked about it on Mars Hill. Let me tell you about this unknown God here. And many believed, and apparently he was turning the world upside down up there. So that, verse 27, not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught or be done away with completely, but also that the temple, the great goddess Diana, should be despised, and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. Not, apparently not. <laughs> if all the world, you know, he knows that these guys are pontificating up there. And I said pontificating for a purpose. But the point is, is they're worshiping in these false temples through a false god, and they're making all this... Things made of precious metal, silver, 
What else kind of places remind you of that? And these big temples worshiping a false god and goddess. They do worship Mary. Be careful now. You're going to get yourself in trouble there, Michael. Keep reading. Whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. And when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. <clears throat> here they go. All starting another uh, huge riot here. And the whole city was filled with confusion. And having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companion in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. They were going to either dispatch these dudes or do something terrible. <clears throat> and when Paul would have entered into the uh, people, the disciples suffered him not. You know, Paul wants to go in there and uh, uh, deal with this. And the disciples suffered him not. And certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, desiring that he would not adventure himself into the theater. Paul, please, you're too important. Don't do it. Don't go in there. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused. And the more part knew not wherefore they were come together. Essentially, this riot had just riled everybody up, and it's like, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm rioting. What else does that remind you of? Modern society. <clears throat> a lot of them don't even know why they're there. They're just there to loot and rant and riot. Same thing's going on there back there, there, folks. Nothing new under the sun. Uh, let's see. Verse 33, and they drew Alexander out of the multitude. The Jews putting him forward, and Alexander beckoned with, with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice, so this is looks like a believing Jew here, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Imagine hearing that for two hours straight. And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Jupiter. Mm. Morning star and all these other kinds of things. There's a lot to go into that, but, but they're worshiping false goddesses and God. Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, ye ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. <clears throat> For ye have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches, nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. One second. I really do apologize. I, I, I'm coming down with a cold, guaranteed. But the point is here is they are saying to them, and I want you to notice verse 37. For ye have brought hither these men. And he's kind of making like, a, it's like, look, great is goddess of Diana, you know, the goddess Diana, of course. So is Jupiter and Mars and all the other ones that, you know, we, we worship. Um, but when we're worshiping them, these guys, you know, they're not robbers of what? Churches. Churches here is not what you would consider, oh, I, I a church. No, it's not talking. No, no. It's an assembly of believers, but not in Jesus. <laughs> These are believers in false gods and goddesses, meeting in ornate temples made with hands and have silver, you know, things and gold adorned everything. It made me think when I read this verse, uh, just going through, just kind of like preparing. When I was in Sevilla in, uh, in, in Southern Spain, um, there's a, 
there's a cathedral there and you know supposedly columbus is buried there <clears throat> but i went through that and on the outside of the city you know you know spanish you know was once under roman occupation just like these ephesians were and but in that time, you know, like you know, they're all down through history. You see all these things. I told you about the Roman ruins I visited. Many temples that they had set up there. But fast forward even to the Middle Ages, you know, where you have these great cathedrals. And as somebody that that appreciates architecture and, you know, art and things like that, you know, things that are beautiful. An immense temple filled with gold and silver. Uh, people, not more than 200 yards outside of that building, were in abject poverty. I remember when I was in Ecuador, same thing. I was in Ecuador, I was in, down in a town called Cuenca, and uh, same thing. Abject poverty all around. Gold and silver and precious things and just ornate things in their quote-unquote churches. Well, this man here seems to say, well, they're not robbing you guys. They're not, they're not going in there and stealing anything. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> they don't bla they're not blaspheming your goddess. They're just, they're preaching some new, new thing or whatever. Wherefore, verse 38, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open. Essentially, this person is, uh, not appealing to a religious argument. He's appealing to more of polite society. Um, he's, if you notice back here, he's the town clerk. Uh, so he's some sort of uh, part, part of government. And yeah, there's a riot going on. Things get burned to the ground and city planners are like, mm, geez, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's put a halt to this. Hey guys, if you have a matter against them, let's not beat them up, lynch them, you know, put them out and, you know, put them in the theater and feed them to lions here. Uh, the law is open and there are deputies. Let them and plead one another. Basically, Hey, let the law do its job. If you got a matter, bring it before courts. That's all this is saying. But if you inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. This isn't some believer here, and he's trying to like, okay, you know, he's essentially saying here, this man, uh, what was his name here? Uh, doesn't give a name. It's just the town clerk. Anyways, he's in there like just basically appealing to sensibility, uh, polite society, law and order. Uh, he's like a politician, you know. And, you know, it's, oh, of course, I believe in Diana and all these other goddesses and gods, you know, of course, you know. He's a politician, and he's trying to keep the peace. Understandable, understandable. but lawful assembly. Um, that's right in our Constitution, the right to lawful assembly. You know, you can gather and, and quote-unquote, protest and stand in the like, there, There's no law against that. However, you start burning things down and all that other kind of stuff, that, that's not lawful. So, essentially the same thing going on. Anyways, verse 40. For we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar. I got bosses to answer to in Rome the you know, the, the guys that, you know, rule the entire known earth right now. Uh, they, I got to answer to them and we're in danger here, folks of being called into question for this day's uproar. There being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. Basically 
when the when the big bosses come and they say, "Hey, why is the city in ruins right now? Why did you like mess up our our nice town theater? Uh, why did you guys do that?" <laughs> you know, I was like, "Um, you know, we weren't making as much money as we used to because some people started believing in this Jesus of Nazareth, and the Romans are going to be like, what? He <laughs> burned the place down for that? That's all he's saying. So cooler heads prevail, I guess, uh, when you kind of threaten them with, you know, law and uh, the big boys, the Roman, you know, the, 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 the ruling society at that point coming in, verse 41, and when he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. But that will dismiss for tonight. Okay, what a what a chapter, right? A lot of things to, to cover in there, all the way from twelve believers in John's baptism and of the kingdom to come that are expounded the way more perfectly that will be a part of the kingdom, all the way down to law and order. And there's Paul again, starting a big old riot with, you know, preaching, and knowing nothing, and bringing nothing, and endeavoring to know nothing but Christ crucified, and just preaching that. These are the ones that turn the world upside down. So these these believers in Jesus. Amazing how the name of Jesus will cause such an uproar. Not much uproar when you mention Muhammad or Buddha or Confucius or any of the Eastern mysticisms or the, you know, talking about your God as your computer or whatever. Not a lot of uproar happens with that. But your name, say Jesus is God manifest in flesh that came and offered salvation to the Jews and they rejected him, kept rejecting him even after he ascended into heaven and rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And then when Paul's given this uh, revelation of this mystery, people still today don't want to hear it. They don't want to know that God was manifest in the flesh. And that he died for sins. That I'm a sinner. You calling me a bad person? Well, the Bible says all have sinned and come short. Not of some man's level of, uh, hey, you got to get to be right about here. That's what's a good person. No, you've come short of the glory of God. Perfect. The only way to be perfect in his eyes is to be covered by his sacrifice. By the blood of Jesus Christ. And if that you have not done that, you need to do that today. The Spirit of God is convicting you of your need right now. You need to settle that now. And believe that Jesus came to this earth, not born of man, but God himself, that humbled himself, even took on the death that you deserve, even the death of the cross. He offered a way for you not to have to deal with the eternity of separation from God in hell and then in the lake of fire. He gave you the free gift of salvation. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't boast about this. It's not works of righteousness, which we have done. It's his righteousness you need to be clothed in. And I hope you get that settled today. If that's happened for you, and you want to give a testimony of that, write something in the comments below this video, or 
write me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear your testimony of, of what God has done for you, making you a new creature in Christ Jesus. But if you haven't, take care of that. And if you do, and you want to, and you know, you want to tell me about it, you can also write me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And once again, that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Thank you for joining me once again on Let This Mind Be In You. Thank you for studying through the Word of God with me and always talking about the cross of Christ. Be ambassadors of that. If you're a new creature in Him, you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ committed to this ministry of reconciliation. Tell everybody how you were reconciled to God so that they can also be reconciled. To wit, God was in Christ, reconciling the world back to himself. Okay? Loving the Lord, God bless you. Be ambassadors. Be a right divider of the word as well. If you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, study the show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Loving the Lord, God bless you. Brother Michael D'Angelo here saying, I'll be back next week, maybe trying to go live next week. Let's see how the internet does. Um, what I may do is I might uh, just be recording at the same time as I'm going live. And if I'm having a lot of glitches, I'll just keep going. And then I'll take down the live stream and just upload a, the, the video. Okay, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. God bless you. Bye for now.